Loving others can be a challenge. Pastor Ray Bentley says it starts by loving God. The more you learn how to love God, the more you will be able to love others. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as you love yourself. We love ourselves because we begin to see ourselves not through our own eyes, but we begin to see ourselves through the eyes of our Lord. Spread news of His people coming down before the King. Lift your voice, Jesus is coming, join the song. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. How can we love others when others are often hard to love? Sometimes they're hostile. They try to take advantage of us. They want to stab us in the back. Today, we'll see where to model the Lord's love. And we know the Lord loved others even when it meant His death. Let's listen now as Pastor Ray begins. Luke chapter 11. We're going to look at a few verses. Jesus has been ministering to his disciples now. And uh, it says in verse 29, And while the crowds were thickly gathered together, he began to say. Let me just say that as Jesus begins ministering, there was, there was crowds that gathered. Um, if Jesus were to, you know, to appear here, let's say in the city of San Diego, and let's say that you heard that he was here somewhere, uh, I don't know, down by the, by the ocean. Uh, how many of you be, would be willing to leave school or your job to go down and see Jesus and whatever was going on? Well, you can imagine the miracles that are happening, the teachings they've never heard before. And now the crowds are packed. I mean, it's just masses of humanity. What is amazing is that there are many uh, whose goal is to amass a crowd, whether it's the rock stars, uh, the entertainers, the performers. Ha, ah, the lights are on me, and, and they, now they have the crowd. Jesus was not impressed with crowds. He was desirous. Each one in that crowd is an individual that he would talk to them personally because your Father in Heaven wants a literally personal relationship with you. I don't know what that does to you, but it just... It's amazing to me that, that I can have my own personal, one-of-a-kind, unique relationship with God. And so can you. And that's the beauty of the gospel. Well, as the crowds began to gather, he began to say, this is an evil generation. It seeks a sign. And no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah, the prophet. For as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so also the Son of Man will be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise up in the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And indeed, a greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And indeed, a greater than Jonah is here. Now, the truth is that the people that are gathered, you know, at first reading you might say, wow, it seems a little unkind of Jesus. I mean, he does these miracles, he gathers crowds, 
why, why is he saying this generation is wicked because they seek a sign? It's not that they sought a sign. It was that those who, at this time, look, we're already in Luke chapter 11 going into chapter 12. We're actually moving toward the, the final part of Jesus' ministry on his way to Jerusalem the last time. In other words, these crowds have already seen many miracles. They've seen the acts and the wonders and the signs of God again and again and again and again. But now, rather than embracing it, rather than digesting it, rather than believing in it, rather than becoming disciples themselves, they've now come into something very familiar with our culture, uh, an entertainment uh, kind of a crowd. They're kind of like, oh yeah, that was cool. See that demon guy get thrown on the ground, foaming at the mouth, the demon leaves. Whoo, that was, so what's next? They wanted to be entertained. They wanted another miracle. They wanted something even more, wow. You know, you can feed off of just adrenaline. Jesus was not into that at all. He wanted people's hearts to be touched. He wanted for their lives to be touched. And so he said, you know what? Here's what he said, no more signs except this. Now, that didn't mean that he wasn't going to do more miracles, he was. What he was saying was, I'm not going to you know, do more miracles to entertain you or to satisfy your desire uh, for wow. I'm going to follow my father day by day. I'll go where he tells me, whether it's to one, person, like the man, the, the Gadarene, that was, he, he left everything. He left the crowds, got into a boat with his disciples, went away from the crowds, and he reached one man to deliver him. You remember? And then he turned around and left. And I like that. Because what that tells me is that I'm not just part of some mass, even of humanity, that in some big general way that God loved me, but that literally, personally, Jesus died on the cross for my sins. That is salvation. When you don't just see and know, you know, the, yes, okay, Jesus came and he did all of these things, but when you realize he did it for me, those nails went into his hands to pay for my sins. He bore my shame. He bore my guilt. He rose for me. He's my savior. He is my Lord. When you take that personal ownership by faith, that's relationship, that's what it's all about. So the only sign that he gave was of the prophet Jonah, which is basically, Jonah was an Old Testament story. And by the way, think of this. There are some people that, you know, oh, the Bible and all these stories and one of the ones, can you really believe these are not just myths with moral application? Do you actually believe that there was a great fish that swallowed up this guy Jonah? Well, I like to say, well, apparently Jesus did because he mentions him right here. And he could have picked somebody else or some other story, but he, he picked a whopper of a story. Jonah, the story that he got swallowed in the belly of a great fish for three days and nights. And what's amazing about the story of Jonah is, you know, he, he went to Nineveh. Now Jonah went, he went the opposite direction. God said, hey, I want you to go preach judgment uh, to the Ninevites. Jonah said, no, I hate the Ninevites. I can't stand the Ninevites. I despise the Ninevites. And I don't want to go to them just in case, because I know how you are. You're so kind and loving and forgiving. You might forgive them and not judge them. So I'm going to go in the opposite direction. 
So he goes, and, and, and then, you know, the ship that he's headed in the opposite direction from the will of God, and a storm comes, and the sailors are all going, what is going on? And somehow they, they discover that it's, it's Jonah, and he even confesses. He goes, it's me. He goes, I actually happen to be a prophet of the one true God. All the little incantations you guys do and all your superstitions are nonsense. I serve the only God that actually is, and I'm in rebellion against him right now, running away, and that's why you guys are all going to drown with me. And so they're going, well, stop, you know, go back. And he's like, no. He goes, rather, you guys can live. I, I don't want to throw you down with me. He goes, just throw me overboard, I'll drown. I'd rather drown than the Ninevites repent. How many confess that's pretty hardcore dude, prophet? So he go, he's happily gulping water to try to drown. He gets swallowed by a fish, a great fish. And now he's in the belly of the, and he's waiting to die, right? You're in the belly of a fish, you got all those acids and juices and everything, you're coming and he's going, okay, die, 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 die. Day one, and he ain't dying. Day two, day three. And you know, I can't imagine what it was like in there, but finally, <laughs> and this is funny, God makes this great fish, it doesn't say it was a whale, it just says it was a great fish, sick to his stomach, and he vomits Jonah up on the shore. Probably, you know, merciful for the little fish, you know, the poor fish that had this prophet in his belly. Well, when he comes out, Guess where he is? He, gets, he lands there, he's not dead, he's still alive, and there's a sign on the beach that says Nineveh right this way. <laughs> now at the same time, being in the belly of a fish, you know what it did? It, it ble you've seen, have you seen Mr. Clean on TV? He's all white and he's bald-headed? That's exactly what happened. Jonah would have been bald, every hair on his body gone, and he would have been bleached white and yet he's walking and now he's, he is ticked off, if I can say, and he is marching like, all right, you want me to preach to them? I'm gonna preach to them, judgment is coming. I'm gonna burn the, I mean, if ever there was a hellfire and brimstone message, it was Jonah ticked off after being, he didn't die, he's on his way, I'm gonna let him have it, come what may. And they see this guy. Now, let me give you just a you know, thumbnail of the Ninevites. You know what they worshiped? They worshiped the fish god. And here's a guy that's a couple of Ninevites are down on the shore and they go, the fish god coughed up this furball named Jonah. He's on his way here. <laughs> and he looks like he was dead. And the way he looked, and literally this is the picture. If you saw Jonah, he was obviously someone who had died and now had resurrected. And here he was coming. And here he can't wait to come and preach that message. Um, the message of Jonah. Here's this guy coming, and, and if you know the story, <laughs> what Jonah, the whole place repents. You know, usually people, if you're a preacher, you like seeing thousands of people get saved, right? Well, in this case, the whole city, it would be like the whole stadium. You know, Billy Graham is good, but have you ever seen the whole stadium come get saved? No. Jonah preaches everybody, every man, every woman, every child is on their face repenting before God. So God's not gonna judge him. And Jonah goes over and now he, he goes into a great depression <laughs> because God's having mercy. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. 
So many listeners have shared comments on what Pastor Ray's teachings on Maranatha Radio have meant to them. Pastor Ray was such a devoted servant of the Most High God and is now in the presence of his best friend and Savior, Jesus Christ. He ran the race and finished the course set before him. My love to the Bentley family and to Maranatha Ministries. Pastor Ray's teachings continue here on the radio thanks to the support from listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries and Maranatha Radio, just go to our website, www.raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. There is no grace in the message of Jonah. There is no love in the message of Jonah. His message was this, 40 days and then you're gonna get wiped out. And yet they repent. Now, contrast, here comes Jesus preaching the love of God, preaching the grace of God, extending the mercy of God, and they wouldn't repent. And a greater than Jonah is before them. Yikes, this is heavy. And uh, you know, it's interesting because Jesus says the men from Nineveh who did repent will judge you, this generation, because the Messiah came to you preaching a message of love, grace, mercy, peace, and forgiveness. And you were so hard-hearted you couldn't believe it and you wouldn't repent. They will judge you. By the way, these are some very interesting verses because one thing, another thing we learn from them that Jesus tells us is there's no reincarnation. Because the very men who were there in the days of Jonah will be there the same as they were in the day of of the Lord, in the day of judgment. They didn't evolve and become somebody else or something else. They remained the same all those centuries later. And then in verse 31, the queen of the south will rise up. Well, that's the queen of Sheba. She will also condemn this generation. Because she traveled a great distance from, you might say, the ends of the earth because she heard of Solomon and the glory of the temple and the gold and the silver and the, the wisdom that God had given to him and the sovereignty and the peace and everyone in all the nations around Israel at that time feared uh, the Israelites. And she believed when she came and she says, you know what? I thought what I had been told was exaggerated because it was too good to be true. When I actually came to Jerusalem in the days of Solomon and I saw the luxury and the beauty and the gold and the silver and the temple, I now find I wasn't even told the half of how awesome and amazing this glorious kingdom of Jehovah is. And she believed and then apparently the Lord says, you will meet as a believer, your sister in the Lord, the queen of Sheba. She became a believer. But now here was this generation and they don't have just Solomon who was an earthly man and king. They have the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And now the gold of heaven and the silver of heaven and the glory of the Shekinah of God flowing out of his mouth, miracles flowing forth from his hands. And yet they will not believe his words. Now what's also impressive about these two illustrations and stories is these are both stories about Gentiles who became believers. Nineveh, they were Gentiles who now believe a Jewish prophet. The Queen of Sheba is a Gentile who believes in Jewish King Solomon. But these are Jews 
in the Holy Land to whom the promises of the Messiah were given and they are actually witnessing the Messiah perform the miracles that the prophets had said and yet they will not believe. So how much greater of a judgment will they endure when that day comes? You, you can hear Jesus grieving in the midst of all of this, uh, their hearts being very, very hard. Verses 33 through 36. Now Jesus continues teaching and continues discipling because there were those in the crowd who actually did believe and did listen and were disciples and I'm sure that that's who you are tonight. Now listen to what the Lord says to us then. No one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place or under a basket. Why, why do you light uh, you know, a lamp or a lantern and then hide it? The purpose of a lamp is to shine in the darkness. You put it on a lampstand that those who come in may see the light. Now listen to what Jesus says is the lamp of the body. Verse 34, the lamp of the body is the what? Eye. The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your body also is full of darkness. Therefore, Jesus says, take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, the whole body will be full of light as when the bright shining of a lamp gives you light. What Jesus is now saying is that your body, this has always been God's plan, your physical body is the temple in which God has always ultimately desired to dwell. God never was permanently interested in dwelling in buildings, even the tabernacle, which was a tent made of animal skins. It was temporary. Or the temple built of stone in the days of Solomon with the Jerusalem stone, which is very beautiful. And this stone, when the sun rises in the morning and when the sun sets, you see the color that it kind of is, because it, it absorbs the light of the sun and reflects and makes Jerusalem look like a golden city. It's very, very beautiful. But as beautiful as Jerusalem stone is, even there, God did not permanently want to live inside of a building, but that building or the temple was a picture of where he ultimately wanted to dwell. And now the New Testament tells us that our very bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Those who have accepted Jesus as their Messiah and their Savior, there is light inside of you, not natural light, not light like these lights, not light even from, you know, that comes from fire or the sun, but there is supernatural, spiritual, well, the Hebrew word is Shekinah and the, the, uh, our English word is glory inside of you. If I had the ability and, and I had a, a, a magic button that I could push and let you see into the spiritual world, you would literally see light or glory inside of all those who are filled with the Holy Spirit tonight. It's very beautiful and very, very powerful. You know what happened in the book of Acts and the Holy Spirit came upon them and there were cloven tongues of fire upon their head. You go, wow, that was cool for those guys. But you know what? The Lord allowed them to see for a moment of time into the way things always are for believers who are filled with the Holy Spirit. There is fire, there is glory. 
there is, and it's not just you know, the force or energy, it's the spirit of the living God that is inside of you. And those who do not have it have a darkness. Now, here's what Jesus said. In order to, for that light to shine, where's the, the window of that body is your eyes. This is where the light shines into as you keep your eyes on the Lord and it's where the light shines from the spirit back out. Therefore, what Jesus is saying is that you have the ability to direct your temple in this world and it's extremely important what your eyes take in and what they see. And there are things in this world, whether media, movies, uh, magazines, pictures and things that God's holy children ought not let go through their, the portals of their eyes because it brings in darkness. And there are things that you should look to and things that your eyes should be upon, upon the Lord, upon doing good, upon serving him, upon having mercy and compassion upon those who are, uh, if they're you know, sick, pray for them. If they have demons, cast them out. If they are naked, clothe them. If they are hungry, feed them. This is light that shines in you and through you. You and I were made to love. God is love. The more you learn how to love God, the more you will be able to love others. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as you love yourself. Which is also interesting. What does that mean even loving ourselves? Well, the gospel teaches us that we love ourselves because we begin to see ourselves not through our own eyes, but we begin to see ourselves through the eyes of our Lord, washed in the blood of the Lamb, clean, cleansed, holy, set apart, special, one of a kind, unique, beloved of God. And some of you have damaged yourselves to the extent that you are, you are punishing yourselves unbiblically, uh, throwing after receiving the mercy of Christ and the grace of Christ and the blood of Jesus and the forgiveness of the Lord, you yet continue heaping shame and condemnation upon yourself and then wonder why you struggle to love others because you have not yet totally, completely, thoroughly received for yourself that love. It's as you receive his love, totally and completely, that you are then freed to now extend that same grace, mercy, tenderness, forgiveness, compassion, long-suffering toward others. Amen? Thou shalt love thy neighbor as you love yourself. For herein is love, not that we love God, but that God first love us. So we learn how to love by learning how to receive God's love for us. You learn how to love by being loved on by your father. And then you begin imitating how he loved you toward other people. And it becomes a, a beautiful, beautiful cycle. And your eye now, stay away from those things that might allow darkness and uh, you know torment and windows through which the enemy can begin to harass you or try to ensnare you with various bad things and addictions and so forth. Pastor Ray Bentley, with some insight on self-discipline and on the importance of loving others around us. Glad you've joined us today here on Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled, The Heart of Jesus. If you missed any part of the message, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. 
That's raybentley.com. When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. Also, click the word media, and you'll see the words watch, radio, and Devo, three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And you'll also find Pastor Ray's books there at raybentley.com. His new book, The Final Witness, is an engaging prophetic fiction novel, part of the Elijah Chronicles series. It's riveting and educational at the same time. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Or our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.